Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. In this community, we believe that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. Wealth is actually what the 12th century definition says, and that is well-being. And so if you are new to our community, a big welcome to you. I'm so glad that you're here. If you want to understand the foundation of this podcast, of my beliefs around money, then I suggest you go back through your podcast app all the way back to 2017, where you can hear about the six pillars of wealth. What you'll realize is that the very last pillar is money. We actually talk about all the other things that really connect to your money. But I will say this, since doing the Confident Money series this past April, I have heard from so many of you that wanted to hear just a bit more about concrete money tips. And there's a few messages that I got on Instagram that really moved me because some of you really identify with that bathroom floor moment that I had in 2009. Uh, if you're new here, you don't know what that means yet, but you will. Basically, I built a seven-figure business straight out of college. And at the height of the recession, I went from that seven-figure business to literally scraping up change and shaking out couch cushions and digging through old purses. Um, everything that could happen happened to me in that season. And so a lot of redefining wealth is about how I picked my life back up and rebuilt everything. But the truth is, um, there are some just very tangible things that I don't always get a chance to talk about. And so I'm really excited because I have some friends to thank at Experian for sponsoring this episode in particular because they wanted to help me fulfill my goal of helping keep this community um, confident with money. And so today we're really going to dig in and talk about what I would do today, 10 years later, if I had to rebuild my life after a financial loss. And I know I realize that many of you are high achievers and you are high earners and you may not identify. But this episode is for those of you who are still in the rebuilding phase. Those of you who are currently in your bathroom floor experience, 
crying out and trying to figure out how you're going to rebuild and how you're going to do it again. And so, again, if you're a high achiever and you're like, eh, I'm good, then pass this on to someone that you know, because I guarantee you that you have a friend or a family member or a church member, somebody that you know who could really use this episode to help rebuild their lives. So before I jump into today's episode, I have to give a shout out to the folks over at Thrive. Thank you so much for having me last weekend. Absolutely incredible. Enjoyed myself in Vegas, speaking on their stage to about 2000 folks, met some incredible people. And I'm just so grateful. If you have a chance to go to Thrive next year, you absolutely positively must attend It is a game changer and it'll change your life. So shout out to Sanja and Cole Hatter for inviting me. And then second, I have to give a shout out to my girl, Rachel Luna. She did Confidence Activated last Sunday and I was one of the keynote speakers. Such a pleasure, such an honor to be able to serve alongside some phenomenal women. So if I met you at Thrive or at Confidence Activated, then a special welcome to you. So without further ado, let's just dive in. Now, the first thing that I want you to consider if you're on the road to just rebuilding your life after financial loss is to give yourself grace. I know a lot of times when we find ourselves in this place, at least I can speak for myself, that when I lost everything and I experienced foreclosure and I experienced repossession and the creditors were knocking on doors and calling left and right and sending emails, whatever way they could get to me, they were trying to get to me. I was so ashamed. I was so embarrassed. I felt so guilty for having done what I had done and then losing it all because I felt like I should know better. And if you are Again, the high achiever in your circle or you're the one that went to college or you're the person that made it and then you experience such financial loss. It is so easy to go into beat up mode. It is so easy to just feel like a failure and not be able to separate yourself from what happened. Like you were not the failure. This was a failed circumstance. And one of the things that we talk about here at Redefining Wealth is that faith pillar. And I tell you guys all the time, the faith pillar is the thing that taught me that nothing in life happened to me. Much of it happened for me. And I know that that is so hard to believe when you're in that moment. I know it's so hard to believe when, you know, everything that you're trying to do, everything that you're trying to force um, to happen is not panning out the way that you would like. But I can tell you being 10 years removed from that initial situation now that I really do see how it happened for me. I just want to encourage you to show yourself some grace to, yes, take personal responsibility and acknowledge what you could have done differently. But staying in beat up mode is not going to help you. There's a way to take personal responsibility without making yourself over and over again Uh, you know, a personal catastrophe. There's a way to go, okay, what could I have done differently? What would I do differently in the future? What changes would I make? What would I have noticed sooner? What could I have done? Yes, but there's a way to do that so that it's more productive and it's a more proactive approach as opposed to just, again, beating yourself up for something that has already happened. There's nothing that you can do to go back in time and erase what's been done. 
but you have your whole future ahead of you. And so the remaining steps are so that you can start to plan for that future. And the second step is actually to commit to a plan. So now that we've kind of shifted your mindset, hopefully a little bit, it's time to create a game plan. So one of the first things that I remember doing is just thinking about what are my goals now? If you've read any of my books, one of my favorite things is so what now what? Right. The mentality. So what now what says, Okay, so this has happened. Now, what are we going to do? And a part of creating a game plan is getting clear on like, what is that now? Right. What can I do now? What are my goals now? What is the next best step I can take? What is my why? Because I know that you've heard that if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And so you may not have all the answers, but just based on what you know now, what can you do differently? What is your first goal? Is it just to downsize and move into a smaller space? Is it to figure out your car situation? Is it to look at your budget? Well, first of all, have a budget. (laughs) But then is it to look at that budget and figure out what you can cut? where you're willing to make some sacrifices, like what is the plan? So a part of creating this plan is probably gonna be starting with a budget. Now, I know that we don't like to hear the word budget. So many of us think that budgets come to restrict us and deprive us of everything that is fun and good in the world, but it's actually not true. Your budget is truly about telling your money where to go Instead of looking up and wondering where it went, because that's what most of us do. We look up at some point through the month and go, now, didn't I just get paid? But that's the thing about having a plan. I don't care if you have to rename the budget to a prosperity plan or a spending plan or whatever it takes for you to actually use it. But having a plan is going to include getting really clear on your numbers, really understanding what's coming in and from where. And then what's going out and when and how often and all of that good stuff. And then just seeing if it even lines up. That's going to be a part of the foundation. So you might want to write down the vision. What is your vision for where you will be six months from now or a year from now, two years from now, five years from now? But then you have to work backwards. And using a budget is a part of that working backwards. It's a part of the plan. It's a part of helping you stay committed to what it is you say you want. And for my folks who love to think that they can just keep things in their head, I don't even remember what I wore yesterday, much less what I spent three weeks ago. There is no way that you can keep everything in your head. You really want to be more intentional about what's going in, what's coming out, and your grip and your handle on all of it. So if you're gonna make a plan and you're gonna stick to it, you're also going to have to budget. And it doesn't matter if you are using a notebook, a plain white piece of paper and folding it in half and writing expenses on one side and come on the other, or if you're using some fancy app or if you're using some fancy Excel sheet. At the end of the day, you know what we do here, Redefining Wealth is all about helping shift your behavior in all the areas of your life so that you can commit to doing things like using a budget. Because you can make it cute and fancy and add up and all that stuff. That's fine. But at the end of the day, you have to be committed to using it. Because that's the only way that the plan is going to work. 
Because if you don't write something down, nothing is going to happen. And that's what happens to most people. I know so many people who lost quite a bit during the recession as well. And I really believe a part of the reason why I was able to bounce back is because I was always planning. I've run into people who had similar financial failures around the same time and they haven't necessarily bounced back. And I really do attribute so much of that foundationally with having a plan. I do believe in writing the vision and making it plain. So what is the new vision that you have for your life? A part of that mindset stuff, again, which is giving yourself grace, is not trying to live in an old version of yourself. I know for myself, I used to go, well, I used to have this and I used to drive that and I used to live this way. What is the new normal that you're willing to embrace? And then what is the plan to help you walk in that? Everything is going to start with first your mindset and then developing this plan. And I also mentioned having a why. A part of my why when I got off that bathroom floor was knowing that I wanted to do whatever I needed to do so that I could be an example for other people who felt helpless and felt hopeless. And because my why was so much bigger than me, I really believe that's the thing that connected me and allowed me to keep going. Like it made me more committed to it as opposed to interested in it. And, you know, we've done podcast episodes on that. There's a difference between people who are interested and people who are committed. When you don't have a plan and you're interested in doing better, right, you kind of just wander around and do things as they come or go with the flow or as other people suggest things, you just go in that direction, But when you have a plan that you are committed to, it's a totally different story. When you have a plan that you're committed to, you understand that you have to stay focused on that. You have like a list of things. I know in my journal, every other week I write out in order to win, I have to focus on what's important now. I see win as the acronym for what's important now. And I always just assess and reassess where am I today and what do I need to do to stay committed and stay focused? Notice I say I do it every other week because things happen. Life happens. And not in a bad way. Sometimes you get exposed to new ideas. Sometimes you get exposed to new people. Sometimes you have divine downloads and revelations and it just shifts your thinking. And so You have to like really look at, okay, what's important now in order for me to take the next best step? What do I need to do? Who do I need to call? Where do I need to go? What do I need to sacrifice? What areas do I need to bump up? And what are some things that I just need to take away altogether? Like, what is the plan? And that leads me to the third idea, which is when you're in a season of financial loss, One of the best things that you can do is give yourself a credit boost. Now, here's the thing. I know when you've been through financial devastation, it is so tempting to avoid anything related to your financial life. And for most people, that means you avoid your mail like I used to do. You avoid answering the phone like I used to do. (laughs) And you avoid checking your credit report for years, which is one of the worst things you can do. Because so much in your life is really connected to your credit. 
So many of the opportunities you'll have or won't have are connected to your credit. And so in order for you to move forward from this place that you may find yourself in right now, you have to know what's on your credit. Hill Harper, you may remember Hill Harper, author, actor. He's also a brand ambassador for Experian. And he says the most important thing you can do is pay your bills on time and not take on too much debt. But sometimes there's a catch-22 to that. Because to build up a credit score, you need to show you're responsible about paying credit on time. But if you can't access credit in the first place, then where do you even start? Now, something that I wish was around 10 years ago that's around now that you can take advantage of is Experian Boost. Because it gives you credit for the bills you're already paying on time. Ones that until now haven't affected your credit scores at all. And so we all have to pay utility bills like water or electricity. And most of us have cell phone or cable bill. And Experian Boost actually factors those payments into your credit file. So to kind of give you the opportunity to instantly increase your score. Now, I remember when I lost everything, I was trying my best to keep paying everything I could on time. And it was so frustrating, so frustrating that no matter what I did, I couldn't get the score to move. Well, that's not true. I wanted it to move up. I, it just kept moving down no matter what I did. And the negative stuff from my past, it just kept following me around like a dark cloud. And I always just wished that there was something back then. And now there is something like Experian Boost. Now, I will tell you this in full transparency that results kind of vary. So some people may see some type of improved score. Um, or approval odds, and not all lenders actually use Experian credit files. And not all lenders even use scores impacted by Experian Boost. I've just been noticing even after having a few people tested out that it really works best for people who have like a credit score between 500 and 600. And even if you're between like 600 and 680, you can probably still see a bump, so it may be worth checking out. But the point is, especially if you've been through a lot, and you want to have a win and you want to do something that's going to allow you to feel like you're making progress, take advantage of what's out there. Take advantage of things like Experian Boost that'll just keep you moving forward, keep you with a plan, keep you feeling like you're getting a win because even small wins, no matter how small the win is, feels good when you're in this season. And I believe that Creating a culture of just like small wins and milestones and things you can check off are the things that are going to help you stay motivated and stay positive, even in the midst of your circumstances. And the last thing that I would say is get support sooner than later. Get support sooner than later. The worst part of being in the midst of a financial loss was feeling all alone. It was feeling like I couldn't tell anyone, again, because of the guilt or the shame and the embarrassment. It was feeling like people wouldn't understand or they wouldn't respect me anymore or they would, you know, it was already a deep story, but they would add 10 on top of 20, you know, like just add a bunch of extra stuff to it. And so I felt alone and I waited until my back was up against the wall to get any type of help. And it wasn't until I discovered that scripture on the bathroom floor when that still small voice told me to reach for my Bible and I landed on Proverbs seventeen sixteen, 
which said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if they had no desire to seek wisdom? They had no desire to seek wisdom. That was the first time it dawned on me. I had been really, really good at chasing money, but I had no idea how to ask for help. A part of my problem was that I never grew up understanding this principle of seeking wise counsel. And once I opened myself up to the possibilities, I realized that there was actually so much out there. There were so many resources out there, more than, you know, I can even count. And I just didn't even know because I was the one that was closed off. I was the one that wasn't used to asking for help. I was the one that didn't know how to humble myself and ask for help. I was the one that would rather suffer in silence than to just say, you know what? I brought myself as far as I could take myself. And I don't even know what I need, but I know that I need something because this is not working. And it wasn't until I got to Atlanta and I was living on my brother's couch that I started to use the Internet to look for resources. And I found several nonprofits. One of those nonprofits I ended up volunteering at and then actually working at as a financial counselor. And it was absolutely free to, you know, discuss creating a budget, discuss creating a plan, discuss like what opportunities could be out there to support you. Even in starting a business, there was so much. And now 10 years later, there's even more. There's more financial coaches. When I first became certified as a financial coach, it was like not a thing. It was There wasn't many of us at all. There weren't many of us at all. But now there's so many Now there's even financial therapy. You guys know that I got my certification recently in financial psychology. And just even going through my program, I've met so many people who are just committed to helping folks with their finances in different ways, in the ways that you need. Some of you will need, you know, a a nonprofit just to help you get started. Others may need a financial coach where you're kind of on the path, but you need a bit more. You may need a financial advisor, a planner to help you really, you know, figure out what products would, would serve you best. And then there are those of you who need financial therapy. You've gone through such devastation, not just in recent years, but maybe even in childhood, where it's just created these different um, ideas and stories in your head where you feel like, No matter what income you have, money is not for you. Money is not your friend. There's just some things that you need to deal with. But the point is, get support sooner than later because you don't have to do this alone. Doing it alone is a choice. If you choose to keep going in circles about money because of fear or because of shame or because of guilt, at this point, it's a choice. Like at some point, we have to grow a bit with the culture and normalize getting help. And there are so many opportunities out there nowadays to get help that you just don't have to stay stuck in this place. So these are just some of the things that, again, if I had it to do over, which, Lord, I don't want to do it over. (laughs) I'm not interested in necessarily doing it over. If I had it to do over, These are the things that I just wish I would have had at my disposal or I wish I would have been more aware of 10 years ago. First of all, giving myself grace because I wandered around in blame and shame and guilt a bit longer than I needed to. 
committing to a plan, which included just understanding the bigger why so that I could be committed to the sacrifices I would need to make and to just the steps that were required to making the vision plain and sticking to it. I would give myself a credit boost because I'm all about a quick win, all about a good win. And folks who use Experian Boost, you literally, you do it right then and there. And then you can see that you'll get like an average of 10 points or so boost and some people even more. It's pretty cool, but it's like real time. And then get support sooner than later. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to suffer in silence. There are so many, you know, resources out there where people are not judging you. So if you have this story in your head about what will people think, what will they say? People are going through their own stuff. They don't even care, to be honest. And if they're in one of these positions, their job is to support. It's probably a part of their purpose and their calling. So they're excited to serve you. So I hope this helps. Again, I really do hope it's something you'll take to heart. And if it's not something that you immediately need for yourself, then just pass it along. Pass it on to someone who you know is going through a tough time. They've shared with you that they may, they may be going through a tough time or they're rebuilding right now. They may be a few months removed or even a year removed. But I think some of this is still applicable because that, sh- that shame of going through financial trauma, it follows you around for a long time. It's well past the bill creditors calling. And if I wasn't doing the work that I'm doing, I can imagine how it could still be lingering on um, and impacting me today. So don't assume that because someone had something that happened a year or two years or three years ago that they're all healed and they're fine and well. That's not necessarily true. So even if you just have a hint of something that's gone on, please share this with them. And again, thanks to my friends at Experian for this episode and just giving us the opportunity to keep you know, talking about how we could be more confident with money. I really was not leaning towards doing an episode about how to rebuild from financial loss, but I'm really glad um, that we connected and I was able to offer this to you. And to learn more about Experian Boost, please visit experian.com forward slash Patrice. That's experian.com forward slash Patrice. That's E-X-P-E-R-I-A-N dot com forward slash lowercase P-A-T-R-I-C-E. Okay, check them out. Let me know what you think. Uh, You know, I always tell you to let me know about the resources that you're using um, that I've shared with you in particular. I would love to know on social media. So hit me up at Seek Wisdom PCW. That's Seek Wisdom PCW on Instagram, my favorite place to play right now. You can also hit me up on Twitter and Facebook, same name, Seek Wisdom PCW. And until next time, I really want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.